the 4th of February, 2009, episode 105. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Well, I'm back again, and, uh, well, it's... It seems that it's, it's almost been as long as my hiatus was that I took uh, since the last time I talked to you guys. But um, I do have a topic to cover today, and we're going to try and get the ball rolling again and see if we can't keep it rolling this time. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of different things, but I think the big topic that I wanted to bring up was uh, personal fears, things that you're afraid of as in, in relation to you know, your career, your job, or the things that you have to do on a daily basis. So that's what we'll be talking about today. So as I mentioned uh, just a second ago, and as I'm sure most of you probably noticed, uh, it's been a long time. Uh, It looks like it was November the last time I actually put up a podcast. I really can't say where that time went. You know, I, I, I feel like I've First of all, I've been sick since Thanksgiving, but that's not exactly an excuse. But um, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick with that, actually, I'll wait until we can jump into things, but there is something related to that that I wanted to point out real quick, kind of like a rookie mistake type of deal. Um, but yeah, I've been sick a lot, um, had a lot on my plate as usual, and I, I think I kind of covered it in the last uh, couple episodes that I really didn't know how this thing was going to go. You know, uh, I said that, you know, it's fallen down on the priority list, a couple of, a couple of rankings and I wanted to keep it going well, you know, I came back and, uh, we did a couple there, kept it going for a little while, but it seems like I kind of fell off the face of the earth again. And uh, honestly, I can't tell you where the time went because it was like, Oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it next week. And the next thing you know, it's like months since I've actually put one up. So uh, I apologize, but on the other hand, I kind of, uh, I think I could kind of put it out there that it could end up being like this because it wasn't high on the priority list anymore. Uh, now I have been putting out, uh, app clinic video podcasts on a pretty regular basis. If you're watching those, then, uh, you've been, you've had a little better luck with things. And if you haven't watched those before, just go over to appclinic.com and you'll see that there are some free video podcasts, uh, mainly dealing with tutorials in the Creative Suite. So uh, check those out if you need some instruction. Uh, as far as this show goes, uh, first of all, thanks for showing up. You know, <laughs> thanks for for uh, not kicking me out of your your list of podcasts that you listen to, if that's the case, and you're listening right now. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I apologize that it's been so long in between episodes, but I'm still kind of at this crossroads, I guess, of uh, do I really have the time to keep this thing going? Is it something that just needs to be ended, or is it something that we need to just I need to just throw one up whenever I do have time, whether it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months? And uh, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe give me feedback on that because I'm really not sure at this point. And it's crossed my mind uh, more than once to just bring it to a close and uh, leave it at that. Uh, anyways, I do have at least a couple of things planned. Coming here, up here pretty soon, I'm actually going to be going to speak at down in San Diego. I'm actually not in San Diego anymore, but I'm going to be go, going down to speak in San Diego 
for a, a chapter or a group. I'm not sure what they call it of the AIGA. Uh, somebody that listens to the show asked me to come down and speak to the members in that uh, in that group. So on the flip side, I told I told that person that you know I'd like to talk to you about AIGA because I've had plenty of people ask me about it. You know what are the benefits? Uh, what do you get out of it? what what all does it entail so i want to get some of those details from him so i can share that with you guys because um if you ever, if you ever gone and looked into it at all you know that it's not a cheap membership it does it carries with it a pretty hefty price so i, I think it would be very good to hear from somebody who's involved in it um you know the the things that are, are really make that make it worth the price so hopefully we can get some of that information and i'll definitely have something to report on uh my going to speak to a group it'll be my first time actually standing up in front of actual people and talking to them rather than uh, hiding behind my microphone in in my living room at the desk so uh, i'm excited about that and we'll see how that thing goes um i think that's about it for what's going on around the show the uh, one last thing is our sponsor, and our sponsor, as always, is GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting gives you a great way to meet with other people, no matter where they are, and you can do more and spend less. And that is because you don't have to spend the time or the money, or they don't have to spend all the time or the money to go to where you are so that you guys can meet up and actually meet in a room and show them you know, on your overhead display or on your computer what's going on. And that's because you can start a meeting on your computer, they can log in through their computer using a browser and see everything you do on the screen. It's all screen sharing, so they can see everything you're doing on your desktop. And you speak to them over the phone or over voice over IP or both, and that way you get the full effect. You're not just talking over the phone trying to explain something. They can actually see what you're doing. Now you can try this out for free if you'd like. You just need to go to this URL, gotomeeting.com slash techpodcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash techpodcasts. And uh, there's a little sign-up sheet there. Fill that out and you'll be able to download the software and try it for free for 30 days. And best thing of all, in those 30 days, you can set up and execute as many meetings as you'd like to check out all the features. So go give that a try. Once again, that's go to meeting. All right, so uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, my little tidbit uh, pertaining to my sickness. Uh, this actually happened to a couple of my friends last year, too, where you have that sickness and you never quite recover. Like you'll have a couple of days where you feel better and then all of a sudden it's back down into the hole. And uh, I've, this is what I've kind of been going through for the last couple of months, which really kind of sucks. But uh, I just wanted to point out that your office, no matter where it is, I mean, if it's if it's a home office, if it's a home office, that's one thing because you know that's where you live. If you live with somebody else, you're most likely sharing germs with those people, anyways. But when you work in an office like I do, you really have to be kind of careful because, I mean, there's probably 70 people in my office. That doesn't mean all of them, you know, doesn't mean that I'm crossing, crossing paths with all of those people, but there's more of a chance for me to catch something from those people. You know, I go in the break room and I use the water dispenser or the sink or, you know, whatever I'm using in there, the microwave. And also, you know, you have people coming in to your cube or your office and maybe touching things around in your office and things just get dirty you know a lot of this stuff is spread through the air as well so um 
my my little tidbit, my little tip, I went and got one of those uh, little canisters of the the wet wipes that are like Lysol or there's some kind of antibacterial or, or kill the germs, something something to that nature. Just take a can of those to work and make sure you wipe everything down every once in a while. Uh, sounds kind of like a stupid tip, but uh, it can really save you a headache. And, and of course, the things you touch the most, the keyboard, the mouse, the phone, make sure you clean those things a lot. Because those are the things you're touching all the time and probably touching your face and your mouth in between. And that's a very easy way to pick up germs. Uh, also in school, uh, this happened to me in school before as well. Because, you know, one class comes in, they're using the keyboards and mouses. And you come in after that and you've got their germs all over there. And, you know, if they came to school sick, then you're you're going to be SOL. So, uh you know, you might seem like a neat freak if you're cleaning everything before you use it, but when it's like cold season, cold and flu season, you might think about doing some of these things because it might save you a headache or two. So uh, that's my little tip there. Uh, I also found something that I wrote down a long time ago, and I'm not sure if I ever actually said it on the show. It was another rookie mistake type of thing. And this is something that happened to me um, with business cards. Business cards something you absolutely have to have if you're going to do any kind of freelancing or you just want to do like side jobs for people or anything like that must have a business card because it's a, it's a good way to start a conversation. Well, you're probably already going to be in a conversation, but it, it's a good way to stick in their memory. You can be like, Hey, you know, I do some of that stuff and, and it doesn't seem overbearing. You're, you're not going to give them a sales pitch. You're not going to give them like a flyer for your business. Just hand them a, a business card and say, you know, even if you're not talking about something particularly designed, if you need to give them your information, your email or your phone number, hand them a business card. And then, you know, maybe that'll spark something. Maybe they'll be like, Oh wow, you do design. That's cool. But the tip here is be careful what you put on that card. I did two different cards. I did one for my personal business, which kind of is non-existent anymore. And um, I did one for the podcast. And the one for the podcast, I ended up learning just kind of by luck that that was the better way to do things. So on my business one, I had my phone number, I had my email, and I had my physical address. Now I've moved what, two times, three times since I made those cards. And obviously, you know, I can cross it out or I can tell people, oh, that's not my real mailing address. I so don't use that one. But now I'm stuck with a bunch of cards that have an address on it that is no longer in use by me anyways. So um, the little, the tip here is when I made the ones for Rookie Designer, I actually only put an email and a phone number on the business card. And that's probably the best way to go about it these days because your email is probably not going to change. And to make sure that it won't change, you should probably go get something like a, a, a Gmail account or a Yahoo account or something like that. Gmail is my favorite. Um, they have lots of good features and they have good uh, spam filters and all that good stuff that you would get with those free ones. Um, so if you don't have one of those, that's probably one of the best ways to make sure that your email address is never going to change. Now, I've had email addresses uh, like adam at rookiedesigner.com that um, for one reason or another, it could end up not being my email anymore because maybe I don't have that domain anymore at some point. Or maybe it gets to the point where my email did actually do this. I get so much spam in there and, and I don't have effective spam filters on that address. I decided to move it to the rdpodcast at gmail.com because that was an easier way for me to do it. So 
there are certain cases where your email address might not last forever. So best best case scenario, like I said, go to go to Gmail and, and pick out an account there. That's a good way to make sure that it always it will always be there because it's free and it's hosted by someone else. Um, as far as the phone number goes, I'm sure everybody pretty much knows that at least with a cell phone, if you put your cell phone on there, even if you change to a different carrier, go to a different area, um, you can pretty much keep that same cell phone number. So it's it's not going to be changing as much as probably your physical address is. So that's my tip there. Just put the email address and the the phone number on your business cards so that they don't get outdated before you run out of them. All right, so the topic today, and this was another thing that I kind of just thought of at some point. I don't remember. It was some time in the past got me thinking about something and I thought it would be something good to bring up. Um, as designers, we learn our deficiencies in many different ways. Um, and most of, most of those ways come from somebody else. You know, we take work back to somebody and they tell us there's something wrong with it, or they point out that we're, we have a tendency to do things a certain way and they'd like to see them done a different way. Uh, things like that. But usually it's coming from someone else to you. Well, how do you actually pinpoint those things that you think are wrong with yourself? And I think it really kind of ties into what I want to talk to, what I want to talk about today, and that is fears. What are your biggest fears? Um, everybody has big fears, I'm sure, as related to their personal life. But there's probably also things that... Uh, spook you or scare you about your career, especially if you're in school and you're really not in that career yet. There's probably a lot of things because first of all, the unknown is kind of scary. You know, you don't know really what's going to be going on when you get to that new job. And this, you know, can, can of course pertain to people who are switching to a new job as well. Um, if you don't know what's going to go into your job, what your exact duties are going to be, what they're looking for from you, that can be a scary thing. But I think that you can really use these fears to um, to help yourself out, to help yourself find out uh, maybe what areas you do need work in. And um, so I thought I'd share a couple of mine and and maybe you know give you a couple of things to think about so that you can kind of reflect on what's going on in your life, in your career, or the career that you're about to start. And, and maybe you can use those things to help yourself get through some things that you know, the, the reason I started Rookie Designer, of course, was to start talking about things, bring up dialogue about things that happened to me that I didn't really expect or that I wasn't necessarily looking for. And hopefully to bring up those things so that you could go through, probably, you're probably going to go through a lot of the same things, but maybe you'd have a smoother path because you've already heard at least one perspective of somebody that went through it and kind of how I dealt with it or how I didn't deal with it, how I maybe dealt with it badly, but, you know, sharing thoughts on maybe how I could have done it a little bit better. So I think in the same way, kind of looking ahead to the future and finding these things that you know kind of bother you, that you know maybe maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was at these certain things, that gives you direction as to what, what you need to work on uh, to be a better worker to be a better designer or to be a better human human being in general. I'd say number one fear on my mind lately these days is, and it probably mostly is because as I've said before in the past, I'm the type of person that doesn't like to say no. 
And that even applies to myself when I get ideas of other things that I could be doing. Um, I never want to say no. So one of my biggest fears is always, you know, it's either, am I going to be able to say no to the next thing that comes up? Or am I going to have enough time to get all these things done that I've said I wanted to do or that I say I will do? And that's a pretty important thing. You know, I've talked about it before. You got to be careful what you say yes to, what you agree to do, because things can pile up pretty fast. And, and if you don't budget your time effectively, things are going to start being late, which, of course, we all know that that's worst case scenario. Things cannot be late. It's just not the right way to go about it. So definitely a huge one for me. And because of that, I'm able to look at that and say, okay, when the next thing comes up, I really have to think about this a little bit more. You know, I have to see what's going on at that time and be able to budget in my mind, budget my time and see, you know, is this going to fit into the grand scheme of things? And also it makes me look ahead and say, is this something that's going to benefit me enough for me to take time away from all these other things I have going on? A perfect example was uh, I mentioned in a previous show that I actually wrote an article for Smashing Magazine. Uh, This was going to be a regular thing. They were uh, at least somewhat impressed with me, I guess. Um, It turned out that the, the whole thing didn't really go as well as I thought it would. And... I'm sure some of that was on my part, but some of, a lot of it was on their part. And I won't go into the specific, specifics of that, as uh, I think I might have already. But it was a less than favorable situation. It was something that I thought I wanted to do, for sure. And uh, I think it would have benefited me. It would have gotten me into a new arena of actually writing instead of you know, doing these audio things, which I think is, is something that I'll probably end up running into at some point, just kind of trying to make myself more realm, well, well-rounded. But just the way that it went off and the fact that I already have this podcast and I already have the App Clinic video cast and I already have side work that I'm doing and I already have a full-time job and I already have, you know, people in my life that I need to spend time with it kind of all rolled up into this one thing telling me, you know, it didn't go so well and it's probably not the right time or the right opportunity to do it. So maybe this is something that you just need to say no to. So that's what I ended up doing. And, uh, well, I guess if you boil it all down, that's kind of where I'm at. That's the point that I'm at with this podcast. Now, this podcast is a little bit different because it's, it's got a strong, it's got strong ties to my life already. We've been doing this for two years now over two years. And, you know, obviously I've invested a lot of time and you've invested a lot of time and listening to what I have to say and waiting for that next podcast to come out so that you can, you know, listen to me again. Uh, God knows why you do that, but uh, apparently there's something good in this show. But, um, you know, it's, I guess that's just one example of something that goes through my head all the time. Uh, Another thought, and this one is, is way more general and it's, I guess this this would be one that would be harder for me to see, you know, how is this helping me become better? But I always have this fear that I'm just not not good enough. Maybe I'm I'm not supposed to be an artist because I'm not the traditional kind of artist that can 
paint and draw and do all these things, you know, I don't have that natural ability. I do have some, you know, it's not that I'm devoid of that completely, but I see other people that are truly gifted in art and, you know, maybe that doesn't always translate well into graphic arts, but, you know, when you have that background, it seems that, that, that they can come up with things a little bit more elaborate sometimes, a little bit more creative than I can. And sometimes I wonder, you know, that, that's a fear of mine. Am, am I really, am I in the right p profession? And it's a good question. Um, actually, that just reminded me of a couple ads that I've seen lately. Uh, I don't know if they had any in the Super Bowl, but it's the career builder ones. Is it career builder? It might be monster. Might be monster.com, but it's got uh, one of them is paramedics and they show up at the scene like a car wreck and the guy gets out, they're getting everything ready and the guy walks up and he just straight passes out when he sees the person. And it says, are you in the right, are you in the right career? Um, you know, good things to ask yourself, I guess. I can have this fear and still be confident that I'm, that I'm cut out for the job that I do though. You know, I do it on a regular basis. Um, a lot of people give me good feedback on what I do. And of course, those things are important in, in letting us know, giving us that reassurance that we are doing the right thing. And, you know, also it's something that you kind of figure out in school. You know, if something's really not working for you, hopefully you're going to recognize that while you're in school and not actually go through all this training only to find out that this is not the job that you should be in. Although I'm sure that does happen as well. Point being, uh, you know, I don't really know how this helps me other than the fact that it pushes me to really kind of try and hone the skills that I know that I'm lacking. Uh, that's not to say that I, you know, I haven't taken any drawing classes. I don't take painting classes. I don't necessarily try these things, but I am always on the, uh, the quest for more knowledge. You know, I'm going to improve in the areas that I know that I can improve. And since being switched kind of from the print media to web, things get a lot more technical there. So I ask myself, do I have the aptitude for that? You know, maybe I'm more on the coding side. Now, I know I'm not a programmer, that's for sure, because uh, staring at code for too long makes me crazy. And for those people who do it, you know, more, more power to you. But I have no, absolutely no idea how you do it so for so long and so much. But, you know, there is a happy medium in there. You know, there's there's the Flash designer that uses the timeline and does some action scripts. So there, I know that there is like a niche in the middle in there. And I think those are the kind of things that I work towards because because of that whole thing of, you know, am I right for this? Is this the right thing for me to be doing? Um, I think another very legitimate fear that probably many people are having right now, especially those who are in school, but definitely some of those people who uh, may be looking at possibly losing their jobs or those who possibly have, if you're in the United States, things are pretty bad. Uh, I'm not sure how, how the outlook is for other countries, but um, people are getting let go every single day because of the economy and the way things are going. And it's a very very legitimate fear to wonder, you know, am I going to have a job? Is there going to be a job available when I get out of school? Or if I lost my job, is there another job that I can find in the field that I work in? And, you know, this, this definitely has got some different things going through your mind, I'm sure. And uh, you really just got to, you got to look to finding different ways to be creative. And, and we're creative people by trade. But maybe being a little more creative with, 
you know, your job searches. Uh, maybe there's things out on the fringe that you're not thinking about. I, you definitely can't have a one-track mind anymore, I don't think. And we've talked kind of about this before. Today's designer is a little bit different. An in-house designer is a little bit different than somebody that works in an agency, let's say. Um, and I think that that's really where the difference is. If you work in an agency, you're going to be expected to have different skills, but you know they're not always going to want you to to be able to do a million different things because that's not usually how they operate. If you're an in-house designer, the rules completely change. You might be expected to do several different things like myself. Uh, I started out in print and got kind of moved to web, but I still do all of that. So I've, I do print, uh, I do web stuff, I do you know flash multimedia stuff like that. I've done video production for them as well. In uh, audio capture and editing I've done. So it's not to say that you have to know how to do all these different things, but the more that you know, the more the more different things that you know how to do, the better you're going to be able to market yourself to these companies and possibly get a job. Um, but even going further than that, you know, maybe there's some jobs that are a little, you know, off. Maybe it's not necessarily design. Maybe you're moving into a different category of worker and, uh, but you still have skills for that because they translate, you know, you, uh, you being educated as a designer really is an education to problem solving. So it doesn't always have to be problem solving as related to design, even though that's your specialty, but nobody ever said that, you know, if you have a history, if you have a degree in history that you have to be, you know, a historian or a history teacher. There's lots of different other things that you can move into um, that are not necessarily in that same focus that you had in school. So uh, I think that's definitely one of the things you should be thinking about if you are one of those people uh, in America or in or somewhere where it's tough to get a job, which, you know, let's face it, it was, it was tough to get a job before this whole thing went down, but now it's getting even, even tougher. So if you're a a person who's just now coming into that, or if you're a person who might be looking for work, you know, pretty soon, these are definitely things to think about. And, uh, and this I think is, is definitely where fear is, can almost be a good thing. Fear is definitely a motivator. And sometimes that's what we need. We need motivators to actually get us up off our ass and make us get in gear and figure out what it is we need to do. It's not necessarily the motivator that you want to have, but you know, it's not something that you can control either. So sometimes it is that good kick in the pants that you need. So anyways, to kind of try and sum this all up, I guess, it's a good idea for us to always reflect on, on what's going on with our career, with our skills, you know, with the things that we need to do every day and the more you do that, I think the more you'll be in tune with what you need to get done, uh, what you need to get better at, um, what other people expect of you, what you expect of yourself, even more importantly than that. And, you know, fear is always kind of treated as this bad thing because it's it's really the thing that you don't want to, to happen. It, it's something that, that you're not really looking forward to. And that's why it causes that anxiety in you. But I think you need to try and, and harness that and turn it around the other direction and use it as kind of a, uh, a map to where you need to go, what direction you need to go in, uh, what things you need to make better for yourself. And I think you'll end up being a, a better person, a better designer, a better just overall worker for doing that.
Now, it has been quite a while since uh, we've done an episode, but it's also been quite a while since I actually did a book review. But I do have one um, to give for you. And this is a a book that I got from SitePoint, and it's called Everything You Know About CSS is Wrong. And it's by Rachel Andrew and Kevin Yank. And it says, change the way you see the way you use CSS forever. Uh, this was a pretty good read. It's a pretty short book. It's like a hundred and some pages, 117 or something like that. Looking right here. Yeah, it's about 116, 115 pages. And um, it talks, of course, about CSS. The thing I think that is the kind of misleading about this book is the title. And the title, once again, is Everything You Know About CSS is Wrong. And this kind of led me to believe that this would be a book for, you know, more advanced users of CSS. Because it's like, hey, you've been doing this, but you're doing it wrong, so you should do it this way. That's kind of what it said to me. But really what it turned out to be is more of an instructional book of how to use CSS. They give examples of uh, how to make CSS layouts instead of using a table-based layout, which... uh, I'd say most people are kind of moving that direction finally because as as the browsers kind of acknowledge that CSS is the standard for once although there are still very there there's a lot of different browsers out there that that still don't respect the rules and um that's actually another thing that they go into is um considering older browsers or different browsers and how they react to the CSS and finding ways around that that there's probably a million different ways to kind of uh, hack the code and and get around. Uh, I'd say mostly it's Internet Explorer. The older versions, they just don't seem to react like Firefox does or like Safari does or some of the other ones. And it's they give you some examples of, of things that can go wrong and how you get around those things. So it's, it's a pretty good read. Uh, I'd say that if you are a CSS expert or you're, you know, in in that intermediate group, it's probably not going to help you a whole lot. But if you're new to CSS, you're switching to CSS, I think it's a great read. And I think you could definitely get something out of it. Uh, I will put up a link in the show notes to it. Uh, once again, it's Everything You Know About CSS is Wrong by Rachel Andrew and Kevin Yank. And that's uh, from SitePoint. And I'll put up a link to the Amazon there and you can go check it out. There's more... Uh, There's also some more uh, reviews of the book and, you know, all that good stuff you can check out if you want. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. As for our website, in the bullpen today, we have photoshopdisasters.blogspot.com. I can't remember where I came across this one, but it was it was a great find and this is something I think anybody who at least does like photo manipulation or you know any kind of print work I think you should absolutely look at this Um, it's basically people taking shots taking them into Photoshop and trying to manipulate them to be something you know spectacular that they can put on a magazine cover you know on a website anything like that but it's the ones that really didn't work out all that great. And to a normal person, I guess, they might not notice these things. You know, sometimes it's something very subtle. What they do is, uh, and you can sign up to this, their RSS feed and have it, you know, come into your RSS reader if you'd like. But um, basically, people send in examples of something that they found where something just isn't right. And sometimes, uh, let's see, a couple of 
couple of entries ago. There's like a picture of a baby. And it looks like it's just like from a catalog or something like that. And the baby has something like six or seven fingers. And they kind of blow it up and show you what the mistake is. But it's just things like that where somebody really wasn't paying too much attention to what they were doing. And something just is out of whack. Or a lot of them are model shots where they're trying to look, make, the lot of, make the model look a lot better than she actually does. And they almost make her end up looking not human so it's things like that but it's it's fun stuff and it's also a lesson of what not to do when you're working in photoshop so uh, again that's photoshopdisasters.blogspot.com and you can also find that link in the show notes just go to rickydesigner.com and you'll find that and uh well that's that's it for the bullpen Well, all in all, I hope this uh, podcast was interesting enough to make it worth your while of coming back and listening to me again. And once again, I want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart. If you're still subscribed and you haven't kicked me off your podcast list yet because I was gone for so long. Uh, Once again, we're going to try and keep this thing rolling. No promises, though, because, uh, you know, stuff happens and... I don't know. Sometimes the the time just slips away and you don't know where it goes. But uh, I definitely want to thank you guys for listening. And if nothing else, thank you for listening for the previous couple of years that we've been doing this. It's been a great run. And like I said, I do have a couple, uh, at least a couple more things to talk about. So um, that kind of stokes the fire. If you you have a certain topic that you'd like to hear me talk about, um, it's a great way to get me inspired to put out more podcasts. So definitely send them in. Uh, you can contact me at rdpodcast at gmail.com. That's rd as in rookie designer, rdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I still have the MySpace up. Uh, that's another thing I've been teetering on. I've, I've been wondering if I should take that down because I really don't visit it all that much. But uh, if you wanted to throw something up there, it's uh, myspace.com slash rookie designer. And of course, the best way is to go to the forum, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And uh, there's hundreds of different designers from all over the world up there to talk to. And you can also leave messages for me if you'd like to do that as well. Um, Great ways to get a hold of me, though. And like I said, if you send in a topic, it could very well inspire me. And maybe I'll be doing a podcast next week. Um, You never know. Anyways, uh, I think that's about it for this one. So uh, I'll be talking to you soon, I hope. And just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.